When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the B-Sides. Hi. Doing? Doing great. That's great. Long time, no chat. So it's really nice to see you guys. <laughs> great to see you. Um, uh, this is the B-Sides, in case you didn't know, but we're so happy that you're here. We're a podcast for people who spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> money, yes, but I didn't mean money. Spend a lot of time and energy. Yeah pop music, thinking about the iTunes top 40, thinking about Billboard, how do they do their rankings? I don't really understand sometimes. Thankful that Lizzo's finally on the charts. Yes. But, you know, we also spend equitable amount of time thinking about how sad we are that Jay Inslee has dropped out of the presidential <laughs> debate. Presidential, um, uh, he's no longer a candidate. Yeah. My mind is not thinking. And when will Bill de Blasio finally leave? That, these are other things we think about. Absolutely. Exactly. We deserve for Bill de Blasio to leave. If we're not going to have Jay Inslee, yeah. As we should be relieved of Bill de Blasio immediately. These Yorker. are some of the topics we cover. He needs to stop running for president and then also resign from being the mayor. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Becky. I'm Hannah Zell. I'm Mimi. Uh, and what's so, we're so happy that you're here. And if you haven't subscribed already... And please subscribe, rate, review, five stars. Uh, we'll be very thankful for that. Um, and so we can keep going and making you great podcasts. Like today's podcast, where we're going to be talking about the who, what, when, where, and why of none other than B-Sides friend or foe, Jack Antonoff. Ooh. Jack, controversial. Who is he? What's he like? Why do we have him? Why does he collaborate on everything? We're going to be taking a deep dive. Um, but first, what's up with you guys? What you listening to? Well, okay. I actually haven't listened to that song. That question just like hit me because I realized I haven't listened to anything in a while that's not Taylor Swift's Lover, which just came out. And if you all haven't listened, we did put out an episode all about our thoughts about Lover. And it's kind of like putting a pause on everything else in my life. So I agree. that's what I'm listening to. But it actually, listen to this podcast first because you'll learn a little bit about the backstory of Jack Antonoff, yeah. who has collaborated on so much of Lover. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And don't go anywhere. Stay put. <laughs> Stay put. I've spent a lot of this summer, this seems like the right time to talk about this, uh -huh. um, listening to a variety of songs featured on Love Island, the British oh Love Island, the best reality TV show that there is taking some heat for this but it's okay um and it it wrapped up a little while ago but if anyone is out there looking for like truly a, a plethora mm -hmm. of different pop some like uk pop that we don't know or some like interesting kind of like rap combinations as well and mm -hmm. hip-hop um you can head on over to spotify and be like love island playlist 
And she's one of the long ones where they have like probably like a hundred something hours of music Whoa. because Love Island was on six times a week. Oh my god. <laughs> I have to start watch, watching Love Island. So many people have told me that I would love it. And I have yet. It's a commitment because it's it on is. so often. But I got to, right? I got to. You do. Becky, I know that you bring a lot of people into the light of content they should be consuming and shows they should be watching. And, and this it's is, one of them. It's me, again, saying you would be. I know, I know. I do, I do believe. But that's okay, you know? And, and um, they're doing another one in the winter now interesting wow. so Ooh. it's gonna be in south africa wow uh, okay. wow yeah so yeah so that's what i've been listening to just i would recommend going to spotify and and taking a look yeah um cool well i actually think that i can save what i've been listening to for our a sides okay great um, all right, so let's get so to it. Do, should we actually do a full disclosure to our audience that we're recording this first part of the episode after Lover has come out, but the rest of the episode about Jack Antonoff, we and we mentioned, um, we actually recorded a, a little bit ago, so we hadn't heard Lover yet. So it's kind of yeah. this like interesting, you can see what, right now we're in the afterglow, some might say, of Lover. Um, but when we broke down what Jack Antonoff means to us, we hadn't heard Lover yet. So... Um, I just think that's an interesting note for you all so that also you're not like, wait, what is the timing of all this? And now yeah. you're a little, a little behind the curtain of how we, how we do things here. And now you know. Right, so for this A-side, we're going to be talking about a song and music video that's taken the world by storm. And the song is Motivation by Normani. Um, but Normani, you may be familiar with her. She was a member of the amazing pop group Fifth Harmony. Mm-hmm. And she was the opener for Ariana Grande and was a point of contention between me and one of my friends who yes. opened, Normani opened for Ariana. And I'm going to say that my friend is a fair weathered Ariana fan, like not a, not a, not a totally clued in pop fan, but she was like, Normani was horrible, whatever, like got me weird about it but I saw her opening for Ariana and she was incredible yeah I just have to say Becky's like sent me screenshots of the text messages between um Becky and this other person who did not appreciate Normani and Becky like I don't know if I've ever been this mad about anything Hannah was really mad and then the music video came out and Hannah texted me Becky send this video to your friend who didn't like Normani and I texted it to her and she was like I don't think I'm ready to make this step fine it's fine and I was like you're wrong disrespectful I was like you're wrong let's backtrack anyway so Normani is now been going solo she really hasn't had that many songs she had a song called love lies with Khalid Mm -hmm. um and she covered some fifth harmony songs which dancing with a stranger dancing with a stranger yeah but not that good one it went under the radar but I liked it yeah she's had some she's she's great and she is a phenomenal dancer Incredible. Yeah. And so she put out this song called Motivation. It's not 2000s early R&B. Songs, uh, it also made me realize that we're all older than her. So she's running like 1996 across her It literally... Chest. 
so so the music video right like as you're saying the music video has all these like early 2000s things and she said like in an interview she was like i just really feel like i was born in the wrong era like i really missed the early 2000s but i would have loved them and i was like ah fuck you yeah you would have loved them and i remember them well and it was great but also the belts were big and weird and they felt weird on my hips but the song she put out though fit perfectly in that like eve ja rule like early destiny's child sounds uh motivation it's just so good let me break it up let me be a motivator now it's um in a good way it's so good and ariana with her yeah and you guys may know this too but normani is a recipient of one of the seven rings from ariana grande they're extremely close friends um you didn't know that not yes she is she is I'm like 90% hold. Were you thinking about Taylor Parks? About it. Taylor Prax. Yeah, I was. Ooh. Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I was. You know, I was thinking of Taylor Prax because I saw her open for Lizzo. Yeah. And I saw that with my friend who hates Normani. So that's where my mind one. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway. But Normani um, and Ariana Grande are are super close, and super and everyone's fun. been really supportive of Normani and of this song. Like she's gotten so much praise, and I just really hope like good things happen for her. Mm-hmm. They're happening. They're happening. That music video was iconic, yeah. and it's really important that a lot of the music that comes out caters to my interests specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the most important thing, and this really does that well <laughs> because it's just so like. J-Lo and Ja Rule yeah. are real. It's, it's the real W. It's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, um, it's dancing in the street and it's basketball themes and the hair. It's everything. And, and some people were like, I think most people agree. And part of this is because Normani said this, that, it, that it's um, hearkening to, back to early 2000s culture mm-hmm. as we're talking about. But some uh, some places were like this, like '90s throwback because it said 1996 on her shirt, the year she was born. I was like, I'm sorry, there's nothing more 2003 than than the um that kind of mall uh like screen written art oh, graffiti yes. kind of 1996 yes. thing. Like yes. that screams airbrush. 2003. The airbrush. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you just needed a Van Dutch hat. Yes. Right. Exactly. So um, I think it was amazing. And she showed off a ton of skills in that video. And I'm just really proud of her, especially because I feel like it was kind of like hyped up like Normani. I mean, not in a huge way, but like, I feel like, you know, people were saying, okay, Normani's going to drop a single and she's dropped a few singles and they've been good, but they haven't, they haven't changed the game, but she deserves to change the game. Um, and this one really did like, not only did it meet expectations, it totally exceeded them. And I think is positioning her really, really well because now every article I read about her is like the highly anticipated debut album. And it's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. she is now yeah. officially highly anticipated, which I think is, I think cool. she's in the running for best new artist. Oh, That's yeah. what I would think. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Oh my God. That just got me so excited. I hope so. Oh, Normani. Normani. We love you. Yeah, we love you. don't suck as a person because you seem great. Yeah. One more thing about this video that I just remembered. Yeah. Uh, Is she said, and this kind of speaks to maybe like a new artist who's going big. Mm -hmm. 
mentality or just kind of like doing what needs to be done sort of mm-hmm. thing. As she said, uh, she had rehearsed for the video twice or on two days. And then she had one day to shoot oh all the God. dance moves. And she got four hours of sleep the night before. Oh so God. she had five shots of espresso <gasps> and then just went for it. And she was like, it just has to be the best I can do it on this day. And that's what it's going to be. Wow. And it was incredible. Um, Nailed you know, it. There's something, there's something like endearingly. Youthful, uh, first of all. Youthful about that. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's me. Me and my late, age. me and my late twenties. I can't, I can't pull off that lifestyle anymore. Right. My lifestyle I, I from age 18 to 23 was like four hours of sleep and five shots of yeah. espresso yeah. and then not doing the rest of what I just said, but right. you know. And not recording a music video the next day? Mostly no. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there was some basketball in the mix, but you know. I love it. We're here for you, Normani. One one quick thing that's not Normani related, but is a song that came out uh, two weeks ago is we have to just briefly mention the Miley Cyrus song, uh, Slide Away, that came out. Which, oh my god, I love. love. Yeah, that song, beautiful. By the way, heartbreaking. Um, motivation and lover all came out on the same Friday. I felt like, yeah. whoa, we are blessed. Listen to it on repeat. I actually think that Slide Away might be my favorite of the three. Um, wow, it, um, bold proclamation you just made. I think that it showcases Miley in such a way that we haven't seen in a really long time. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I love Miley. Yeah, and. Yes, her breakup with Liam, I think that maybe they've been broken up for longer than public yeah, so. and publicly, but like Slide Away is a perfect breakup song. It's unreal. It's perfect. Yeah. Also, like some of the lyrics I question to be how much is about her when there's like whiskey and pills that I don't know if that's about her or about Liam, but what we know about Liam, it doesn't seem like it's Liam. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful, heartbreaking song. And yeah. I just wanted to mention that if you haven't listened to it. Um, I feel like we were waiting. I want only good things for Miley and for Liam. I agree. I feel like we were waiting all summer for like really good summer jams. And now it's the end of the summer we and we're getting them all now. And so it's a little bit of delayed gratification, but I'm happy about it. Yeah. I definitely like Slide Away more than I like the song Lover. <laughs> oh my. Wow. I can't relate, but I respect that. <laughs> I respect you and I respect that yeah. opinion. Uh, I was just going to say, as we get into Jack Antonoff, yeah. he, in a new band, released mm-hmm. um, a new album, mm-hmm. Red Hearse. Mm-hmm. That same day, right? Yeah. That same day? Yeah, that same day. Um, I think. I I, at least at least in the same week. Around them. Yeah. Um, I really like it. It's yeah. eight songs. It's not a huge commitment. And uh, I, I think we would all recommend it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward, actually, to doing a deeper dive into Jack and his project. So... Let's get into the B-sides. And we're back. Um, and the A-sides is actually going to flow swimmingly into our B-sides, which is the who, what, when, where, and why underlined of why? the man, myth, the legend, Jack Antonoff. You know him, you love him, you hate him. We got a lot of feelings on him, but let's, let's unwrap a little of who this man Jack is. Okay. 
You guys ready? Buckle up. He's got a crazy, and I mean that in a non-sincere way, um, history. Really ready. And I just want to say that this format is extremely clever mm-hmm. that Becky came up with. Thanks, Becky. Thank you, Becky, for for this. I'm ready to get into it. I'm just here to serve on the his- – I'm the historian of Jack Antonoff now. You are. <laughs> so let's start with who the fuck Jack Antonoff is. <laughs> Like, sure, we all know him. What does he think he is? (laughs) Like, we know him. He's the guy who who sneakily collabs on everything. He's the guy who is weirdly related to or knows everyone. Like, did you guys know that he's cousins with um, this woman, Allie, the woman in the wheelchair, the Oklahoma reboot? Really? No, they're not cousins. I'm so sorry. They're not cousins. They were next-door neighbors growing up. (laughs) And Rachel Antonoff used to, like, his sister, Rachel, who is a famous designer, used to cast Allie in, like, all the neighborhood shows. Well, I know her from the Glee Project. Sure. Yes. Yes. You don't know her, know her. Early 2010s. <laughs> and then I just saw the show on uh, the Cherry Lane Theater called Get on Your Knees by J- Jacqueline Novak. It's uh-huh. incredible. It's produced by John Early and Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone produced it and John Early directed it. It's wow. It's a comedy show. They're cousins. He's, she's Jack Antonoff's cousin. Wait, who's the she? Jacqueline Novak. Oh, oh wow. My word. Stand-up comic who, if you, I think the show is actually closed, but- it's probably gonna be Netflix. She's a much smarter Amy Schumer. Wow! It's an hour and a half show about blowjobs. It's hell yeah, amazing. Anyway, back to Jack. <laughs> it's literally six degrees separation of Jack, and we basically, I'm sure, all know him because he once dated Lena Dunham for way too long. And <laughs> for her for him, maybe just both. I think for him, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to choose because they're both so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so Jack's sister died of brain cancer when he was a senior in high school, which was really sad. And he said that his whole career has been revisiting that through a different lens. Um, as we know that from that statement alone, Jack loves therapy and he loves introspection, which I think is clear in a lot of his mm-hmm. music. Yeah. But let's get to the basics about Jack. Jack was born in Bergenfield, New Jersey, and he won't let you forget that fact. <laughs> um, he's a Jew, and for as long as he can remember, he was first and foremost a musician. Wow. In 2002, he formed the band Steel Train, which got a record deal with Drive Through Records, which was the same place as one of my favorite high school bands, Newfound Glory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Throwback. I don't know. But in 2008, fun period happened. Lowercase. <laughs> Lowercase fun period happened. And that's where I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but for me, I think that's where the world met. Jack, all uppercase, exclamation point. Jack. Jack. And that's where the world brought us some nights and that horrible song that is forever stuck in your head, We Are Young. How can you say horrible and introduce us to Janelle? True. Some of us. Some of us. (laughs) It's a terrible song. And I just want to say that Fun is not a good band. Wait. This is. Oh, I love Fun. I'm sorry. This is literally the first time it's ever occurred to me that We Are Young is a bad song. (laughs) Do I lose my pop music fan title fully? It's never occurred to me that's a bad song. I enjoy it. Genuinely. I'm like, really. I'm I'm glad that you. Really? I'm glad that you enjoy it because someone should. And I should say that I think if fun 
were if I didn't have a history with the band fun before it were fun uh I might be like this is fine but because one of my favorite bands was the format yeah (laughs) fine period passive aggressive but because one of my favorite bands was the format which is an aughts right alternative rock kind of pop band that Nate Roos also was the front man of very distinctive voice um when fun came out i had high expectations and he asked jack antonoff to be in the band in 2008 right after the format broke up and i was like maybe this will be good and then i was like they're really annoying so that's where i'm at so with that you've been annoyed with jack antonoff for over a decade uh i don't know Maybe I, but I do respect a lot of his musical yeah. prowess, which I know we'll get into. It's just that he, I was like, who the fuck is this new band? That's annoying as fuck. That is not the format. That's not the format. Right. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, the front man's going to be in it. So it's going to be yeah, pretty similar. And in some ways, yeah, yes. In some ways, no, but I know that a lot of people love fun. So no disrespect there. And that's the end of this particular rant. He, he did leave your boy, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. 2014 to spot off into his solo career with Bleachers mm-hmm. in what Huffington Post called their first single, I Want to Get Better, the catchiest song of 2014. Which, honestly, I would agree. It's such a good song. It's such a good song. <laughs> It's a really good song, and and that album is – there are a few songs on there that I think are really excellent. Yeah. I think so, too. And I do think it's, like – the, it's such a song that, like, I'm, I'm literally smiling thinking about I want to get better. So I love that album, and I love that he did, like, the second album of it where he re-recorded it with other artists, which I yeah. thought – first of all, I just think that's, like, a really cool idea – I, I think we've learned a lot about him. We'll get more into this. I think Becky will lead us through like how in some ways he's pretty like ungenerous, but that's like something about him I think is very generous. That he like re-recorded all of his songs with other people. And the Tanache version of I Want to Get Better is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is also the point. 2014 is like we have passed the height of Lena Dunham's fame, but she's still up there. And we know about Jack Antonoff now because he has his like solo career. And this, I think, is when we're like introduced to his particular brand of like sad boy. And I think that, you know, I want to get better being just the title itself tells you a lot of that. And I, I think that all of that time I wanted to be able to be really supportive and really generous, you know, someone's being vulnerable with their feelings. But then we learned that he doesn't necessarily always deserve our generosity, even though he is creating such good pop music. Yeah. And he's like, he, I think something it is good is that he does talk about mental health a lot. Yeah. He he does do, he does open doors on that, especially for being a man, et cetera. Not to dismiss him. Totally. Um, And he's produced and written a lot of songs for women, which is something that we'll discuss and something that people see both sides to is that, um, but he's written songs. We all know with Taylor Swift disclaimer, we're doing this before Arch before Lover comes out, yeah. but based on Archer, which we already know is a great song, um, of we think that they're hopeful that there may be other some Jack Antonoff collabs on the album. Just just a disclaimer. 
Um, and he's produced he's produced songs for Lord and God knows fucking Greenlight is one of the best songs of all time personally and I think that as well as did you know that he co-wrote the song Brave by Sarah Bareilles? Yeah, that's and that's not with like typical Jack Antonoff vibe, but it is when you think about of like the the big and the bold of it and like the huge poppiness of it. But that is when I found that out, that's a surprising fact. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it shows some versatility. But Becky, can you tell us what Jack Antonoff is? Oh, yes, we can move on to the what. Okay, so now we've gotten the who out of the way and we know a lot about him. What is Jack Antonoff? Meaning his sound. Can you spot a Jack Antonoff song when you hear it? Can you guys? Hannah was quick to point out that Archer was a, a Jack Antonoff special. It felt like it. Even I think there's something about um I I my understanding that he plays a lot of instruments, but which sound that sounds dumb to say, but like that he is Yeah, quite he does. Adept, yeah. But there's something about uh, his songs that really feel like they were created just like at a piano with one other person. And the Archer really had that effect. Um, and But so does Greenlight. And so does I Wish You Would. And so does Out of the Woods. Like they all, those are two Taylor Swift songs. Those, they just kind of feel in some ways like this really intimate uh, and, and, and I don't know, I'm kind of counting on you, Mimi, to like be able to explain the musicality of his songs, like why they feel a certain way. I think that they're really, um, harsh in a certain way and in, in a good way, in a way I appreciate, but it's like, they're not subtle. These are like not subtle songs that he creates. And I feel like it's normally yeah. a synth sound with like a bit yeah. of piano and it builds up to something larger. Like the songs build you like know it's a Jack song, I think, because it builds really high and there's like a release. Although yeah. Archer had no release, but. Yeah, but even still, like that's a slow song, but it's still like insistent. There's still yeah. some, like insistent rhythm to it. And I do think it is really intense. And what I've learned about his songwriting process is like he gets really into whoever he's working with yeah. and like texts them at all hours of the night and yeah. works with them at his home. And he does this with a lot of different people. Um, and and sort of he's like, that's how you can, that's part of how you can tell it's one of my songs because we're not in a recording studio um, in the traditional sense. We're having this like intimate experience and that's why these songs feel so intense and almost like, how did you describe it? Harsh in a way? Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, whoa, it's... You want to finish your thought? No. My... My exception to the songs that I, cause I mostly, I love the songs Bleachers creates. I love the songs he creates with other artists. I hate, this is why we can't have nice things by Taylor Swift, which he produced. I do not like that song. I'm offended that it was the closer for the reputation tour. Um, but in some ways it has a lot of elements that I do like, and all those elements are kind of more Jackie than. you weren't so shady, this is why we can't have nice I 
I mean, and this is what he even said about his own music. The heart and soul of pop is newness, excitement, and innovation. The music industry is built on chasing that ambulance. Someone did it. Let's go that way. And I don't want to be part of that. I want to be away from it. Which I think is interesting. And I would describe his, I would describe his music as exciting. Yeah. Yep. Because there's, it's like always building. You're always like, what's coming? What's coming? What's coming? Um, yeah. It's like heart bursting. It's yeah. just. Yeah. Makes you feel. But on the flip side, as this Vice article points out, too, all music picks up where previous artists left off, but two clever nods to the past and nostalgia can be overused to the point of dilution. So mm. I think something about Jack, too, is that it's it's a double-edged sword that you know it's his music because they kind of all sound the same. Yeah. The, um, the piece that I think he's really gotten down um, that I think is both a good thing and in some ways what this Vice article is sharing that it's a little bit too much nostalgia. I heard an interview with him um, on uh, the podcast and the writer is that I thought I would hate more than I did. He wasn't as douchey as I expected him to be. But one of the things he talked about was that he cited a quote from Bruce Springsteen or just the a, a pop music theory from Bruce Springsteen that choruses should be something that everybody can relate to. They should be incredibly universal and verses should be like your own poetry and your own individual story. I think that's like an amazing tenet of pop music. And if you think about that, like you do hear that in a lot of pop music songs that really function really well, there's like a universality in the chorus. There's a really personal story being told in the verses, but in some ways that's like, you know, that is, that is not, this New Jerseyan, that's Bruce Springsteen, New Jerseyans, you know, creation that Jack is living forward. Luckily, he gives credit where credit is due, but um, he's not creating new formats, certainly. I think that what he's really good at is nailing the existing pop music format, playing around, making new sounds within that format, but not making a new format and not necessarily pushing the genre. Um, although, except for the, the, the Archer, which in some ways does because it doesn't have a, uh, a payoff, it feels different, that like slow insistence, but mostly he's just doing a really good job at acing the existing pop music structures. Yeah, and his music is also a callback to a lot of like 80s band, like 80s punk, punkish pop bands too. And you hear it when you listen yeah. to it. Yeah, Bleachers for sure sounds like seven different bands that also kind of all sound the same where someone's yeah. like... Um, you know, you, like Melt With You or Closing Time or like all of those, that sort of genre of 80s song, uh -huh. they're all kind of in that same realm. Yeah. And he's just, he is kind of, even though he has said he's bad at math, he <laughs> is kind of taking that formula and kind of like using it yeah. over and over again, especially with bleachers. And I think maybe he just gets, he only has so much within him as a singular person, but when he collaborates with other people, he gets different inspiration from them. And that's why he's, that seems a little more uh, versatile to me than what Bleachers is. I also yeah. do, there's a part of like, I appreciate in some ways like his hipster and like sad boy vibe is like incongruous with his love of pop music. And there's a part of that that I love. Like I actually think it's really cool to have someone who's like, this person I associate with someone maybe I went to college with at my like liberal arts school where people were kind of like, Ooh, I like love music and I spend all the time in my dorm room like making robot farts on a computer like nah, nah, nah. 
and like that person is creating pop music. Like I think that's really cool. And, and he's I, proud I do to be. Yeah. He's proud to be a pop a pop star. Yeah. A pop. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I like that, despite the other things about him that um, that about his personality and about the way that he uh, works with the people he works with that I don't like. I really do. I like his music. I just do. I like it too. Which leads me to the when question. When? When did you all learn of Jack Antonoff? I actually was thinking about this and I, it was definitely in the early stages of fun, pre-1989. I think I might have fallen into the we are young uh, uh-huh. phase. <laughs> but when did you guys learn about him? Um, I've already alluded to this, but I, so I, I know he stole the format from you. (laughs) He stole the format from me personally. Yeah, we know you hate him. (laughs) We, I, I hate him for that. And then I like him for other things. Um, but no, I didn't even, I think when I was like trying to figure out what fun was in 2008, like I heard his name, but I, it never really registered. Like I couldn't really place him in the years ahead until 2011 Becky I think the era you're talking about um because I was in my college's concert commission where we scheduled artists and um yeah had them come to the college and and perform for a bunch of people and he and fun was actually doing a tour with Janelle Monet where they would sing we are young but then they would also sing their own sets and they were doing like a whole college tour. So it was actually easy to get them. And also like none of them were that famous at yeah. that moment. So I was in the same room as all of them. Oh and it was cool. Janelle Monae obviously like, you know, outshined everyone else <laughs> as she should. And um, yeah, that's, that's when I first sort of like noticed him as a person and was like, whatever, he's fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's really more that like, Nate Roos is really to blame. You know, Jack Antonoff had nothing to do with the format, so it's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. I learned, about, I learned about him later than that. Um, I definitely knew who fun was. I loved Some Nights, and I do not feel bad about it, and you can't make me feel bad. I still think that's a fun song. Um, and I knew – I remember finding out that Lena Dunham's boyfriend was in fun. Like, that's how – that was the order. Mm-hmm. Of, I was like – and then when it was like his name is Jack Antonoff, I was like, well, that doesn't matter to me. I just yeah. know that her boyfriend is in fun. Yeah. And then I think I remember caring about his music when he, I, so on the 1989 era, Out of the Woods came out before some of the other songs. And I was obsessed with Out of the Woods and I wanted to know everything I could possibly know about it. And when I realized he was the producer, I was like, I have to know more about him. And so I remember like doing a lot of digging into who he was because I loved Out of the Woods. And that was before I heard the other songs that he did on that album, like I Wish You Would, which is another great song. So that's when I found out about Jack Antonoff. What about you, Becky? I just said earlier. Oh, cut that out then. I forgot. (laughs) How about you listen? (laughs) I'll add one thing about Some Nights, which is that. (laughs) How about you listen? So it's a collaborative process. <laughs> yeah. Becky went first here. Yeah. Uh, one thing about Some Nights is that the music video is like kind of odd and was brought to my attention a bunch of times, even though I was like, please stop. I don't like this song. I don't. Some nights I wish they just fall off. But I still wake up. I still see our ghosts. I listen 
do it again. Everyone was like, Mimi, it's a Civil War video. Like, you must love this. History. And I was like, that's actually why I hate this. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't like the song anyway. I think it's annoying. Sorry. But also the Civil War video, I was like, this is dumb. Were there historical inaccuracies in the Some Nights Civil War music video? I think I was too blind in my rage to <laughs> even pick those out, but I'm sure they were there. I think they were there, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that's so, the win. Yep, which leads us to our fourth question. Where? Where? Now, by now, if you don't know this about Jack Antonoff, um, he's from New Jersey. Um, and he will not let you forget that he's from New Jersey, whether it's taking you on a home tour of his house or founding a music festival in New Jersey, or he, he still has a studio, I believe, in his parents' basement. Uh, Jack will remind you constantly that he's from New Jersey. And here's a good quote. Oh, sorry. Go on, Hannah. Well, doesn't he have a studio that is not in New Jersey, but is modeled exactly like his Oh, is that what he has? I thought he also like goes home to his parents' basement. Maybe he also still does, but yeah. he has, as I was doing my research to learn some things this week, he had a like an exact recreation of yeah. his childhood bedroom made and brought with him everywhere on tour. Like, oh, that's what is the definition of man baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, don't spoil like, the why. If I, if I liked him more, I'd be like, that's so beautiful, so creative, like your roots, wow. But because I think he's a man baby, I'm like, you're a man baby. You need your like childhood bedroom with you at all times. Yeah, well, here's a quote from him about New Jersey that I think also someone set up where he says, I loved it, New Jersey, because I was so bored. I remember just being in people's basement or sitting on a curb waiting for my mom to pick me up. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is. Man, that's a man baby. Like, we can cut this out if you're like, Mimi, why are you asking this question? But what do you think an episode of MTV Cribs with Jack Antonoff <laughs> would be like if that show existed now? He'd be like, this is the stack of plates my mom's going to clean up at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and I tell like, her that I'm done, but I have to keep work. I have, I'm done with my food, but I have to keep making music and she's going to come in and clean it up. Yeah. Here's a pile of laundry my mom will be making for me that I bring home. Yep. Here's the relic of uh, art that various girls who've been in love with me have made for me that I've never looked at ever again. <laughs> and then just like a slow motion pan with like like vague, unlicensed hip-hop beats <laughs> in the background <laughs> of all of these things you guys are describing. I also bet it'd be like a ton of – he'd probably be someone who has a lot of framed photos of like him with different celebrities or like him with Obama. You know, like things like that with like yeah. lines wall, and probably him and Bruce Springsteen because he loves New Jersey so much that he won't let you forget that his favorite singer and his inspiration is Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. which we discussed with the yeah. So, I think that can lead to the why Jack Antonoff. Why is Jack Antonoff so damn famous? Seriously. And- Part of it is that I think he, frankly, is good at what he does. Like, he makes really good songs. Um, I find his additions to songs often substantive and boppy. He has a style that you're quick to name, and you can easily say, oh, that sounds like a Jack Antonoff special. Um, A la Archer, probably more songs, honestly, on the Lover album, 1989, Out of the Woods. Yeah, we had a, someone on the we had someone in the B sides group say that they didn't like Out of the Woods, and I was shook to my core. But, um, but I think it's good, and I think this in a GQ profile of him honestly paints him 
uh, perfectly. Along the way, he became something of a pop guru, not a gun for hire, but the rarest kind of collaborator. Armed with his own sonic signature, forged in vans and clubs and small theaters and bedrooms, he also had a willingness and a need to be a true partner. Right. But is he a true (laughs) partner? I think, okay, so from that same article, what struck me about the why is that he says something about being bad at math and having that have a lot to do with his music. And he doesn't really explain it that much. Like he sounds stoned for sure. But um, he's like a lot of people, you know, they write based on what makes perfect sense mathematically in a pop song and that he doesn't engage with that because he's bad at math. And that green light is a song that doesn't mathematically make sense and is bad at math. Um <laughs> And I guess he's just saying he doesn't like, he just goes with how he feels and he doesn't play hard and fast to the rules and the formulas, although he's probably saying that more than. Although they're, all of his songs have such a formula. Right, exactly. Exactly. So there's that. And, but then at the same time I was thinking, because I, when I was reading an interview, he was talking about, and this is what kind of is interesting about him, but also makes him like kind of douchey the way he handles it is that he was talking about how a lot of people either love his pop collaborations or they love bleachers Mm. and they're never like both are great they're either Mm. like i love his bleacher stuff but his pop collaborations are garbage or vice versa and he's very like and this kind of goes to what we were talking about in terms of like him being this kind of stereotypical college guy who's like really into his own music but his music is pop and that's kind of endearing is that he he's like why doesn't everyone he said in this interview like why doesn't everyone just accept that like I can do it all and I'm good at all of it and I understand that frustration but also the way that he was kind of uh dealing with it I didn't love it's like look maybe maybe it's not these people are afraid to admit that them to themselves that they love all your music maybe they just like a certain type more yeah. than another maybe it's not them being like i'm so scared to admit how immensely talented this man is which is what yeah. he's getting at and i think like one of the reasons why he like can partner with all these people so easily is that he's pretty non-threatening yeah. at least like he's like that guy he's at least what he wants you to think like he presents himself as a straight white jewish man who is pretty like ne- nevishly feel like he's like the cousin you see only at Passover and at Breakfast, and he's at Yom Kippur. He like spends the entire time hiding in your cousin's like your cousin's room playing solitaire or The Sims, or is like I, he doesn't talk to you. Like it's just like I'm too cool. I'm gonna sit there and act better than you. I yes. mean, if it isn't incredibly clear by these examples or just by like who we are as people, we are all Jews. I just feel like that needs to be said. Yes, and yeah. I feel that we have the Sims in common, me and Jack Antonoff. <laughs> yeah. I could really paint him like being like, I have to just play the Sims alone, like at at like Passover, and he Absolutely. just fully and like only comes down when like needed for a meal. But this is also why he's he's tough. So and and like you know the section that we're in right now of like why Jack Antonoff is also like why. Jack Antonoff <laughs> because yeah. I mean I think something that you know we'll talk about when we get to the U sides from like what you all shared but 
to give a little bit of it now, you know, he works really closely with a lot of amazing female writers, but specifically his relationship with Lord um, is really complicated. And I think in a lot of ways, he, well, first of all, like he's so much older than she is. The power differential is really different. He's this like producer who's, you know, I bet the power you know, issue with them was really real when they were creating music. They've never been confirmed to have been together during the time that she was writing her album Melodrama, but there are a lot of rumors. And this was the time that he was still with Lena Dunham. And I think that's part of, I think, what sucks people into him. And it's like, this is the kind of thing that I do think about my, with myself of like, I shut myself off to non-threatening music Jewish boys by the time I was like 19. I was like, no more of you, you. And I think that even the best of us, like Lord, who arguably is the best of us, can still. <laughs> Podcasts are not a visual medium. If they were, you would see me making quite a face right now um, of skepticism. But, um, you know, I do think that he, he does suck you in. And if you're someone who's working with him musically and he's like obsessive about his music, he's really passionate about his music, he wants to make your music come to life it could be really intoxicating and really hard to like, you know, uh, break away from that. And I think therefore kind of dangerous. Definitely. And I think like he's a fuck boy of a different breed. Yes. He's not what we think of when we think of a fuck boy, but yeah, I, yeah. can imagine that he lures you in and makes you feel great. Writes a great song called green lighter supercut. <laughs> yeah. Although like, okay, sure. To counter that, I don't think he's, like, secretly sleeping with, with Taylor this whole time. No, because she's gay. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. No, I don't I, – whether or not she's gay, I don't think they've slept together. I think that's true. No, so that conversation has never – like, you know what I mean? Like, that we've you never know, in think, our – I think she might be more self-assured than Lord has been. Yeah. Is. Maybe. And in that way, she's, like, more um, – sh- she's less susceptible to this particular brand of fuckboyness that he is. Yeah. I also don't think she would date a Jew. <laughs> that also. Yes. And she is, oh and she, that, that is a big one for sure. No matter I do not see Taylor Swift being like, ah, oh, yes, an erotic Jew. That's who I would like to be <laughs> with. <laughs> no, no, no. But then also, yes, she's 29, which is not like. She's older, yeah. Which is not the ripe age for his kind of fuckery yeah you guys adding to the lord jack antonoff twist i just realized that so lord saw jacqueline novak show that i saw a week a week ago mm. two weeks ago and that's jack right. antonoff's cousin oh so you know just just saying the they're web. together we're making the web the serial killer you yeah. know who murdered who web it's like the meme of yeah. the guy yeah 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 of the guy <laughs> you know what i meant Yep. I think we can get into the U-sides because it actually feeds pretty nicely into this conversation. Yay. Let's do it. Okay. For the U-sides, I apparently asked an extremely uh, triggering question that I didn't realize I did when presenting it is was the simple, do you like Jack Antonoff? We got a lot of mixed results here, kids. <laughs> it's a yes or no question, honestly. And yet, and yet and it yet. wasn't. Well, I also probably put a do you like Jack Antonoff? Why or why not? So I'll, I'll, I'll add that. But as someone uh, acutely said, every time I think of him, all I can think about is that PowerPoint about him and Lord. 
which is the best if you haven't seen it it's called lord and jack antonoff an emotion an emotionally broken journey by hillary hunter aka buzz killary and i'm linking to it in the podcast description so you can check it out if you haven't i don't know what planet you've been living on if you haven't thank you for your service hillary (laughs) yeah hillary thank you very much if you're listening you've given us you've given us so much you really have and i just want to say that i um have met hillary online via our mutual friend who i know offline from high school sophie who became friends with her via twitter but now they're they're real friends um and that this powerpoint is like an absolute scream and it's amazing (laughs) and hillary is also very nice and funny and smart so thank you hillary for your service we can't see we can't wait to see what PowerPoint comes next. Although honestly, you've left such a legacy with this one that, um, so related to that PowerPoint, um, something that, that is amazing that happened when we asked this question, we asked it both on Instagram and on Facebook on Instagram. Someone said, um, we asked, you know, what do you think of Jack Antonoff? Someone said, I love him so fucking much pop icon, Jewish icon, etc." We linked to the PowerPoint on Instagram 10 minutes after this person sent that that DM to us that I love him so fucking much, they said, all caps, mind you, OMG, thank you for bringing that iconic PowerPoint to my attention. I take back everything I've ever said. I take, I take back everything I said. And, I, and then they continued, I've never consumed such moving journalism. So seriously, people can go on a journey with this PowerPoint breaking down what happened with Jack Antonoff and Lord and Taylor Swift and Lena Dunham and what's going on and why is he a fuckboy and poor Lord and where's Lord by the way? And she's seeing a lot of questions. She's seeing the show at the Cherry Lane Theater. There you go. There you go. Constantly. Um, <laughs> another comment that I thought was interesting, Hannah, is that you brought up that you actually like Jack Antonoff listening to and the writer is. Someone else from B Sides community said that he seemed a little pretentious. I only like half the songs he makes, so he's not really my god of music. Everyone seems to immediately give him more credit than I think he deserves. Yeah. Yeah, and then someone else we got an I Love Jack. I love the Bleachers album. I love his work. His songs get me, et cetera. And we touched also on this idea, but he has the idea that because he's not a stereotypical alpha male, he's immune to toxic masculinity. He's not like other men with he's such a soft boy. He's a lesbian. There's a way to disguise your support for the LGBT community without saying all that BS, which he does, but he also goes to this narrative a lot. Yeah. Which I think is fair and something we talked about too, about how he's like, he portrays himself as non-threatening and he does it through like being a soft boy. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, so that, that last U-Sides comment was from B-Sides friend Nina and some of, and what she's doing is she's kind of quoting him. Like he's talked about himself that way in the past, yeah, yeah. like incredibly um, just bizarre. Like, and you don't have to be someone who's like, who understands that, that women are humans. That doesn't make you like a lesbian. It's like really weird. I think that that comes from Lena. People. Yeah. I think that that like comes from some like, lena dunham school of thought (laughs) yeah and it doesn't even make you non-threatening necessarily especially if you cite yourself that way Mm -hmm. that makes you really very threatening i really think that's like some lena dunham shit yeah yeah 
that he got mixed up in and then now he's like oh this is they dated for a long time yeah right that's her that's her school of thought yeah yeah Yeah. um we got some comments on instagram forever grateful for what he did for 1989 could take or leave him otherwise fair Fair. um good songs fun concerts i want to get better save my life which is great wow and i'm glad that a song could do that for you yeah yeah um yeah good at his job but not the best human honestly i think that kind of sums up how we feel there it is there it is folks that's exactly it (laughs) so that's that's our show we love to talk with you we've got a blank space or maybe we're gonna fill that in with a quote from lover no <laughs> we have so much new content we have to be sipping so much. yeah so follow us on instagram at listen to the b-sides on twitter at the b-sides pod which you can follow us on twitter that's great we haven't provided much content there but every time i'm like we will don't you worry okay. um, what comes first the chicken or the egg the followers or the content the content of the followers <laughs> probably the content and the followers i imagine um join our facebook group by searching the b-sides or going to bit.ly slash b-sides fbook group and email us with questions and ideas at listen to the b-sides at gmail.com and <laughs> question of the week is do you like jack Antonoff? i don't know if you're listening and you hadn't answered any of our other polls thank you it's great to have you here please email us <laughs> And again, I can't pressure you enough to subscribe. Definitely <laughs> after making pressure it, you enough. <laughs> after making it this far, far rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars, please. And the fuck gave us three stars? Use the word. <laughs> Wait, did someone give us three stars? Yeah, why? Yeah. Do? yeah. Uh, I know this, and then I blocked it out because I was so upset. I, I think know. that sounds yeah. most likely. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. and use the words "jacked up" in your review, so we know that you listened to this episode. <laughs> please. And- yeah, we'll see you in two Wednesdays. And I wanted to end it on a Jack Antonoff quote, but um, until the next time we are on this roller coaster together. Yeah, until the next time we're out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Becky. I'm Hanazel. I'm Mimi. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Everybody. Bye. Bye.